The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am beat on, joined by the good-looking Gray Albright, the fantasy master Lothario himself, the mustachioed man of mystery. How's it going, buddy? Hey, man, good. I got. Uh, I don't know if you can. T- I don't know if you can see, but I have new glasses on. Can uh, you tell? I, yeah, I can because they're not just straight black. There's a yeah. there's a little little inlay there. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have uh, right here. I have. Uh, I got. I got glasses when I was. These are. Uh, I got different glasses for when I was. When I was looking at my my glass case is a little car. <laughs> like I'm twelve. That that does feel very twelve. That that feels. I mean, I'm surprised there's not a logo there. Wait, you know? hold on, hold on. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna on to my head. That's how, I, that's how I put my glasses on. I go. <laughs> um, no, I had a, uh, I had a mishap with my black ones. I was at, uh, I was at Handel's Ice Cream. I don't know if you know Handel's. Uh, I've but never I, heard of it. Not, 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 not a paid sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but if they want to, if they want to, please. That's like send me the, free uh, ice cream. To. That's what everyone says on every podcast ever, ever. Oh, not a paid sponsor. Yeah, no kidding, bro. Yeah, I know they're not a paid sponsor because you're just talking about it. Because I didn't make a read that you heard before the show started. Because I, I didn't stop everything and just start talking about it. But anyway, I was at Handel's Ice Cream, 
and I was uh, I was licking the cone, right? I was licking the ice cream, and I accidentally put my whole face in the ice cream. <laughs> And I got I got ice cream all over my black glasses, and they didn't really it didn't really come it was like got sticky because I couldn't because then I had to go I had to go to Whole Foods because it was we were we were out right and I had to go to Whole I sound like I sound like Norm McDonald we had to go to Whole we had to go to Whole Foods right because they were all <laughs> sticky and uh, I go to Whole Foods to get water and it's like three dollars to get water to clean off my glasses mm-hmm. but then but then I couldn't really because all I had was like the eyeglass case uh, the cleaner that was in my my car case and all I had was that and then and then it was got it got sticky. So anyway, my glasses are super sticky, so I had to put on my uh my backup. <laughs> <laughs> was this today? Like or is this like a week ago we haven't remedied the situation yet? <laughs> this was Saturday, so yeah. <laughs> We're going on three days. I haven't remedied the situation yet. No, because right now uh Coogs is in uh, Palm Springs and I'm in LA. Uh, we're doing a uh, trial. No, we're not doing a trial. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, no, uh, she's got. She's doing some stuff. Uh, she's taking care of family business, and I'm in. Uh, I'm in L.A., and we have construction going on in the house. Anyway, long story short is she would have cleaned my glasses properly, but she's in. She's in. <laughs> I'm in LA, and I'm useless. And you're just a, a child. I am a child with with eyeglass case that is a car. We're children with responsibilities, Gray. That is that we literally talk about a game. Like your your whole like, job is a game, Gray. I was like, um, I was, I, you know what? And if the Cougs were to say anything to me, I'd be like, "Hey, when you're marrying me, I was running a fantasy baseball website. What did you expect? <laughs> what did you expect, dude?" Like this is on you. I'm sorry, but it's on you. The signs were there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh yeah, so um there there you go. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing different glasses. As, as a single man, if, if the, for the like three women who might be listening to this podcast, I, I I'm better than that. Just just letting you know I'm better than that. <laughs> this very low bar that Gray has set, I'm I'm above it somewhere. <laughs> You're 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 above the the bar that's labeled can clean your own glasses. <laughs> you're above that bar. I am. And a, and that bar in particular, I got like. It's like it's a, a bar that is basically right. It's it's right above an anthill somewhere. It's barely off the ground. It's that little crack that you trip over, you know, on the sidewalk. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Yeah, speaking of, uh, I, I don't know how to transition. I was going to try and transis- transition this somehow, Gray, but like I got into well, it. Uh, I'm in L.A., and uh, Shohei Otani kind of plays in L.A., so. <laughs> so there's there's that part, but can we just can we just give him the MVP after the week he had this week? I mean, he had six home runs. He had 435. He had a stolen base, just, just for fun, uh, through six innings of two-earn-run ball versus the top-scoring offense in baseball, give him the MVP, and how do the Angels not make the playoffs with the greatest baseball player that like has ever put up seasons? What is going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I knew this was uh, 
so I knew this was coming because you know we have an outline. <laughs> so I'm anyway, the first host yeah, ever to do outlines. Yeah, because you're the uh, you're our first Razzball podcast host. After eight years, we finally have an outline. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> I'm not completely riffing here. I'm not taking I'm not taking numbers off of the uh, the top of the head. <laughs> I actually have uh, I have stuff that I was able to research. So I looked at this. So this is kind of interesting. I, I totally agree with you that Otani is headed for an MVP season. And he had an incredible week. This is not to take anything away from him, but I just wanted to point out, and this is kind of water under the bridge at this point, but I wanted to point out that Otani's uh, last seven days, um, it was actually eight days, technically, because uh, they played, I guess they played eight days. in the last. <laughs> anyway, the, in the last seven-day player Raider, um, but it's actually eight days. Uh, you know, bring that, take that up with Rudy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, the last seven days that Otani's played, um, he had $53.50 worth of value on the seven-day uh, seven play rater. Uh, uh, and it's eight days. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. It's eight days. It's eight games, but it's seven days. Anyway, um, so he had, uh, yeah, so he had 53.50 uh, is what I said. Yeah, okay. Last year, last year, Aaron Judge, over the course of the whole season, had $62.90 worth of value. So uh, not saying that Otani didn't have a great week, but it just shows you how insane Aaron Judge's year was last year like that's like that's crazy yeah. <laughs> like that's i i know it's like it's way past the point of <laughs> talking about aaron judge last year but it's really insane because if you think about it, like because right now on the top of your head uh is your hair no on the on top of your mind is what otani just did the previous week how good he was this previous week and it would still a little bit less of what Aaron Judge did last year. I mean, it's really kind of crazy. Anyway, that is a long way of saying uh, Judge had a great year last year, which is not yes. new news. Yes, yes, not he new did. News. Not new news, but yeah, I mean, Otani, Otani's like, I mean, I'm saying, like, I said on the website, uh, I, the website, like, I don't know what the name of it is. I said on Rasball uh, the other day um, when he uh, when he got the win. And he also hit a home run. It was like I—I I mean, I think Otani is like the best player ever. <laughs> I, I mean, I know it's like it's a bit hyperbole, but I mean, you just—I mean, he's leading, like he's leading the league in homers, and he's also a top ten pitcher. That's insane. Like that's that's nuts <laughs> like it's, it really is it's like, it is. Absurd. i mean it's like uh, you run out of things to say like oh and the otani um 53 50 number was that was just his hitting number that's not including his pitching number so he was actually you know last week uh, if you combine his hitting and his pitching but you know you can't do that really like i, I know some leagues you have daily leagues where you can like get most of his hitting, mm-hmm. you're still losing some hitting. But you know, with all that said, he's still, I think, the best player ever. <laughs> I mean, it'd be hard. <laughs> I mean, I know it's like recency bias is probably playing into this, but I mean, who else 
is anything remotely like this. I mean, pound for pound, like, you know, uh, leadoff hitter-wise, we've had better leadoff hitters. We've had better power hitters. We've had better fielders. We've had better runners. But just as one play, we've had better pitchers. But just as one player, one guy doing all of this, it's so insane. Like, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. No, it doesn't. And, like, he could go play almost gold glove caliber defense in the outfield if he wanted to. But the Angels won't won't do that to him. I mean, there's no reason for him to do it. But he could. Like, I have no doubt in my mind he would be a great outfielder. And that would just add to it. That's about the only thing that you could even say against him. And to that, I say, well, yeah, but he takes the mound every fifth day. So, suck it. Like. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, suck it. Yeah, yeah, man, suck it. That's a uh, that's uh, there you go. There you have our title for this week. Suck it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I think honestly, I think with Otani, like if you look at his, like just his, like just as a at a, at a, at a like one at bat, <laughs> just looking at him, like and just like down to the like the. Uh, just the, uh, going uh, microscopic on him, getting myopic, <laughs> bringing this back to eyeglasses, getting myopic on like what he's able to do. If you just look at one at bat, the way he's able to hit the ball 450 feet the opposite way, it's like this is not normal. It's not normal. <laughs> like you just watch him and you're like, like you see Aaron Judge and you're like, well, yeah. I mean, he's what six, six, seven, <laughs> two hundred and seventy-five pounds of muscle. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm expecting him to be able to hit the ball hard, but Otani's like, it looks like he's barely trying, and he hits the ball the opposite way, four hundred and fifty feet, and you're like, wow, bro. <laughs> What even, man? Like, it should not be possible what he's able to do. Like, it really, I don't know. It's just like he's, like, made in a lab that has been able to, like, perfect a situation where it's like he's able to hit and pitch in such a way that's, like, (laughs) so good. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, and I honestly, like, this week, see, I only have him in one league you know, bringing this back to fantasy and bringing this back to my teams because, you know, why, why else are we doing this? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, had a, I have him in one league. It's a weekly league. So I either am uh, getting him for as a, as a hitter or as a pitcher, which, you know, I think that reduces his value a little bit. But as a hitter this week, I had, I had him hitting because he had, you know, the one – uh, one matchup pitching wise, which was in Texas, which isn't even a great matchup, but I mean, he still pitched well, like I said earlier, but I mean, thank God I had him hitting. Otherwise, I don't know if I would have made this podcast. <laughs> if I would have missed that week. Oh man, I would have. Yeah, I, I might've had to cancel. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, he's been amazing. I, I was actually looking in the in the Memorial Magazine League that you I don't know if you're in that one this year, but you've been in it with with me with all the like CBS guys and everything. Uh, yeah, I need I need home runs, and I was looking at Otani, and I'm like, I don't even know what I could put together that would that would get Otani, and, and would that I wouldn't feel like you know kind of a, a 
you know, a jerk for offering and, and coming in under value because he's he's worth so much. And especially in a daily league, this one's not daily; it's weekly. But even then, like it's it's ridiculous. And, and thank yes, thank goodness you had him in your lineup, Gray. I uh, we we wouldn't have heard the end of it ever. So for everybody, no, we really we really wouldn't have. For <laughs> everybody's <laughs> sake, we're happy you did it, Gray. <laughs> That's true, man. I would have been talking about that for years. Oh, it, it would be in every article, like for forever, forever, ever. Like you mentioned Otani, they would just you just copy paste it. You would you wouldn't even write it anymore. It would copy paste. It would be a paragraph just complaining about the week that you missed. <laughs> be like, I missed a quarter of his value for the season in a week. Yes. Yeah. True, it's true. <laughs> I, you know what? I can't lie. That is, I, that is exactly what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, let's man. let's yeah. move on to another thing that we're excited about, and that is the Luis Matos call up from San Francisco. And by the way, is this some weirdly like the most commonly used name of a baseball player? There's like five Luis Matos in in <laughs> baseball history somehow. Is there? I I. I yeah, I'm blanking though. On is there really? They all didn't like. Only two made the majors. This is this being one of them. But there were three through the uh, minors as well. So like, they randomly, they, I don't know. Just you know, it'd be you know, it'd be, it a, uh, you know, it'd be super random if it was like uh, Rodin or Door, and they were all brothers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be super weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, who would do that? Why would somebody do that? Inside their own household. but <laughs> uh, So this year in AAA, in 24 games, Matos has seven home runs, six stolen bases, 21-20 on the, on the runs and RBIs. He's hitting 398, 435, 685. Is a 7% K rate and a 6% walk rate because he's just he's hitting everything. So why would you walk if you just hit it? Uh, so far, he has four games up. He's hitting 339, or 333, 529, 417. He has a stolen base. Seven runs hitting out of the six or eight spot already somehow. Um, David VR was activated at the same time, but for now, it looks like Matos is is playing and VR is, is bench. Where you at on Matos? Every, every, add in every league? Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I think so. Uh, I... I wasn't able to add him in every league because you know some leagues are fab leagues and well you know yep. <laughs> I just I didn't, I didn't I didn't bit, I, yeah I didn't bid enough in uh, <laughs> in some leagues I'll uh, I'll actually uh, let me look at uh, what he went for in my leagues this is this is interesting for uh, for people hearing me type uh, <laughs> you know you know what's really in, in my league he went for forty six dollars. Out of and this is thousand dollar budget, but uh, everybody has spent a lot of money, and all of us are running low. So yeah, in one league, actually, in one league of mine, he went for like four hundred dollars, but that was a NL only. Um, and crazy enough, that was out of a hundred dollars. No, that was that was out of a thousand, obviously. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he went for four hundred, so that's a lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, a, that's a good chunk. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it kind of depends on what you need. Um, anyway, I was able, while you were talking, I was able to bring up what he went for in my leagues. Uh, so he went for $48 in one of my leagues. That's actually a pretty good price. Uh, runner-up was 27 
Um, this is out of a thousand, obviously. Uh, and in my other league, he went for let's see, uh, more one seventeen. Uh, runner up was thirty five though, so uh, that person could have <laughs> could have been a little bit less. But you know what? Yeah, you have no idea. If you need a guy, you need a guy. Yeah. Um, I. I don't remember what I bid on them, but I bid, you know, I probably bid like roughly around $40 in both of those leagues. Um, I don't have that much money to be bidding. So, you know, again, (laughs) it's like it depends on a a team situation. I think he's totally worth uh, rostering, though, in all leagues. Like he looks like he has good power and speed and actually a good hit tool. Um, You know, like in triple A that he had it was only 24 games but that he had an uh, under 7% strikeout rate I mean, that's i you know we've been doing this a while i don't remember hearing about an under 7% strikeout rate from a guy uh in in AAA who was only 21 years old 21 right? yeah yeah like that feels like like i don't obviously i don't know off the top of my head but that's got to be just about as a lead as you're going to find for a strikeout rate on a, a 21 year old. I don't, I don't know. I maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds, it sounds elite. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also just the fact that he had like in double a, this is, but he had a higher walk rate than strikeout rate. Like, wow. Like he's really like, that's super talented. Like I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be totally shocking for him to have like a, 380 or above on base percentage as a rookie, which is like, you know, that's nuts. Um, I, you know, I could see him potentially because he's like, you know, unlike uh, like Arise or some of other guys who are or like, uh, or some other uh, hitters who are, you know, strictly average guys, uh, Matos could actually hit for average and he has power and speed. Not elite power, uh, you know. He's like maybe a seven to twelve homer guy, uh, at least this year. You know, maybe even less, maybe five to seven homers this year in the majors. Maybe next year with a, a full season, maybe we're looking at like twelve homers. And he has better, he has better speed than that, uh, like probably fifteen to twenty steel speed. But with, you know, with the average, it's better than, like, say, you know, a guy who comes to mind is like a Stephen Kwan is like, uh, you know, a low power, some speed, good average guy. But I think Matos is probably going to be above him next year. So does that make him above him this year? You know, it's like it, it depends on how the Giants play it, because, like, I saw you know, just randomly I saw in the, in the lineup because I was looking for fab. I was looking to see where guys were batting in the lineup. So I saw Matos, I think was hitting in the bottom of the lineup yesterday, yesterday being Sunday. Uh, when his first game up though, he hit third. He's more or less like he should be hitting lead off. I think, uh, you know, at worst he's hitting second. Uh, it depends on what they want to do with Estrada. Estrada has been hitting third though. So yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, anyway, Matos next year, probably above where you took Quan this year for this year. I think he's rosterable in every league. I mean, he, you know, with rookies, you never know, but he could easily put together from this point forward, 
a better season than Quan, you know, and that's, you know, and I keep saying Quan because that's sort of like, that's how I see him basically yeah. like, you know, Oh, like pretty iffy on power, but nice speed and, and good average. Yeah. I mean, Stephen Kwan's the rare one where like he came up and stole more bases than he had ever stolen in the minors in why that is. I'm not sure, but he was, he was also, you know, kind of fast tracked through the, through the organization as well. Matos is, is very much the same. And you mentioned the, the strikeout rate, in AAA over 26 games, so just a couple more than Matos. He had a 6.7% K rate. That's Stephen Kwan. So there's there's another connection that 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 7% K rate or, or lower. He had five home runs and two stolen bases to Matos's seven and six. So you know there is a little bit something to be said about that. Uh, although you know Matos started or actually they both started Double A. So yeah, I mean that's that's about as even as you're going to get. As far as production, other than Matos being kind of in the PCL and that, that always being a nice uh, place to go for hitters. Right, yeah. So that's why even maybe I'm overestimating uh, Matos's power a little bit because of where he was playing in AAA. He did have some nice power there. But, yeah, because I, I know when he got called up, I believe he had hit six homers in six straight games. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, so, you know, and, and that's PCL, though. So, I mean, yeah. he might not hit six homers for the rest of the year in the majors. You know, the, uh, San Francisco is not a great park for power uh, necessarily. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but still, like I said, totally rosterable in, in every league. Yeah, before anybody starts yelling at their, their, you know, listening device, it was six homers in six games. He had two homers in one game, so it wasn't right. a streak, but that's okay. – that's how it happened. He had six and six games prior to getting called up. He's hitting the ball well, and he doesn't strike out. I mean, that's that's a good combination for a pickup. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Emmett Sheehan got called up for the Dodgers uh, in 10 starts, 12 appearances this year, over 53 innings. He has a 1.86 ERA, a 0.88 whip, 42% K rate, and an 11% walk rate in the minors. Uh, he has a 96 mile hour fastball. Changeup is nice. Slide, he has a slider that's okay. Uh, first start, he went six innings, nowhere in three Ks, two walks, and they've already said he's going to get at least one more start with Urias and Syndergaard both on the IL. Where are yeah. you at, Sheehan? Uh, you know, Emmett Sheehan, another guy who I was pursuing heavily, and I didn't end up getting him anywhere. Uh, actually, I did get him in our um, RCL league. But I've dropped them since. That's a, a twelve-team mixed league, uh, and you know I I have I have uh, the Braves' ass already. So um, AJ Smith Shaver. So the fact that you know I just didn't want to keep uh, Shaver and Sheehan. Anyway, that's my own <laughs> that's my own situation. I did pursue him in every league though. Uh, Sha- uh, Sheehan. That is, I pers- I pursued Shaver too, but that's beside the point. Uh, Emmett Sh- uh, Emmett Shaver, Emmett Sheehan, I think looked better on paper than he ended up looking in the game. To be honest, I thought he looked good. I actually I watched this game. I watched a good. I, pro- I probably watched like seventy five percent of it. I thought he looked very uh, poised for a first start. But he didn't really know where the ball was going. Like, his command is kind of wonky. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Like, it, it depends on, like, if he's able to get in front of, like, hitters. Uh, if he's able to get up in counts, that may not play as hard as it was occasionally in the minors. Like, in the minors, he had 3.9 uh, walk per nine. If he has a above that in majors, which you would think a guy who has, like, an almost four uh, walk per nine in the minors in double A – you would think that would, you know, translate to the majors and become like a four and a half or worse walk per nine. And if that happens, he's going to be unusable. So I and I honestly was watching when I watched him, I was like, I thought he looked good. Like he definitely he was able to strike out some hitters. So, you know, don't take this the wrong way. Like he looked like he had decent stuff. But it was the Giants, and he didn't strike out a ton of hitters either. And he and he really looked wild. Like the ball, like it would come out of his hand on counts. Like you know, what really shows me when a guy is like at a in a two zero or or a one zero count, and he throws the ball so wild that the hitter would never swing at it. It's like you don't you don't want to fall behind two or three O. Like it's you know, it's a kind of a telltale sign when a guy is, you know, looking in a in a count where he should be throwing a strike and the ball is just over even over the catcher's head even at times. Like it was just he didn't he didn't look like he could really command his pitches. And that's how his minor league numbers also back that up. Like, you know, so it wasn't nerves necessarily I think it. I think it is who he is right now, and that can backfire real fast. So while I did go out and pursue him, I didn't. I didn't bid very high. So I obviously I didn't get him in any leagues. So I didn't like I. You know I went like in the thirty to forty range out of a thousand on Fab, and I didn't get him. Other people. Other people bid much more than me. Um, he looked good. He looked like he could be great. But he also looked like he can be a disaster at times. So I, I would just be careful. I, like I said, I've already dropped him in a 12-team mixed league because I just don't need the headache of having another rookie pitcher. I have, uh, you know, like honestly, between him and Shaver, since I mentioned it, I would go Shaver. Uh, but I, I think Sheehan could be potentially as good. It just depends on whether or not he can locate. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree with everything you have to say, and he's he only has one more start guaranteed. Whereas you know it seems like Shaver's gonna be in the rotation unless he he kind of collapses, and then they'll they'll just cycle whoever they feel like's the the next guy in. But it feels like his spot is at least more secure than than Sheehan's right now because there's it. Urias is definitely coming back at some point. And he's gonna take a rotation spot. Syndergaard. You know, I, I don't know if he necessarily deserves a rotation spot or if he'll get one, but, you know, he, he's coming back as well. Yeah, and for what it's worth, again, like, it depends on, you know, the leagues or whatever, but in my fab leagues where he went, he went for more than Matos, which, you know, in, in at least the 15-team mixed leagues. He went for uh, 69 in, in one league, and he went for 121 in another league. Um, so I, you know, I like him actually, <laughs> actually I did get him in, in one of those leagues. <laughs> That's how many leagues I have. I forgot I got him. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I like him. 
I got it. Obviously, I, I bid enough to get him in one league, so I do like him. Um, but I worry that it, he could explode. Also, in the league where I got him, my pitching is such a mess that, you know, it was like it, it, sometimes you got to take upside gambles uh, in certain leagues. So, yeah. yeah. But I do – I do like him. I just think the command is was really not very pretty, as what I saw at least of the command. Now it was only one start. Maybe there was nerves. It didn't seem like nerves. It really didn't. Like it seemed like he just wasn't, um, you know, what you would call it, uh, locating. Yeah. Uh, and in my uh, and for what it's worth, in my NL only league, he went for three hundred dollars. So you know, so he went for. A little bit less than Matos in that league, um, but and that's obviously out of a thousand. So anyway, long story short is, I would be worried in in shallower leagues. I would be a little bit more hesitant in the deep. The deeper the league, it's like sometimes you got to take gambles. You just grab him, yeah. You yeah. just grab him and, and see what happens. Uh, would you start him? It looks like he's lined up for Houston at home. Would you? Yeah. Would you start him there? Yeah, it's not it's not safe, but I would in like fifteen team mix leagues I would start him there. Um in twelve team mix, yeah. I probably would in a twelve team mix, not in a ten team mix. That's too shallow for him. Yeah, I, I I think that's that's appropriate. And if you're in it it depends on again what you're looking for. If you're kind of set in pitching, I wouldn't really take the risk and, and face that blow right. up. But no, if you're totally. chasing, yeah. if you're chasing some actually, numbers, yeah. You know, in my uh, in the RCL league where I dropped them, like I I don't know if I have the best pitching, but I have probably close to the best pitching, and I just don't need it. Like yeah. I have I have so many good arms, at least right now. You know, you know, knock on wood, but I don't need it. So I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to risk it. Yeah, you are currently third in an RCL in in pitching, so you're you're gotcha. sitting pretty pretty solid in there. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not. Oh, I'm... <laughs> well, you might want to try Sheehan then. <laughs> he may be getting added to the roster. You know, it's, it's, it's been a disappointing, disappointing season on, uh, on the pitching side over there, but that's okay. We're moving on and actually it's getting better. Like my pitching is actually rounding into form. Anyways, nobody cares about my team. Somebody might care about your team. They definitely don't care about mine. Um, Bo, Bo Naylor was called up by the guardians. People care about that. 60 games in AAA, 13 home runs, two stolen bases, 45, 48. He's hitting 253, 393, 498 with a 19.3% K rate and an 18% walk rate. And to make it official that he is, you know, on the roster, they have DFA'd Mike Zanino. <laughs> yeah, about time. That was uh, that was such an obvious, like, uh, service time uh, manipulations. <laughs> I mean, it was it's, so obvious. It's couldn't be more obvious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zanino, really? Okay. Zanino yeah. and, and Cam Gallagher. As, and as soon mm-hmm. as we passed the uh, the the Super 2, it's like, oh, yeah, Zanino's DFA. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, Bo Naylor, I, you know, I think we were also going to talk about Henry Davis. You want to just talk about Henry Davis and Bo Naylor? Yeah, let's talk about the catchers. We, we, we hate catchers anyway, so we don't need to spend okay. a lot of time. So, yeah. so, cause I feel like they're kind of going to be, you know, in most leagues, they're going to, it's going to be, people are going to be looking at both of them and wondering which one they prefer. And I think, you know, like I was saying, I think on the site, um, I think Henry Davis is probably, uh, just 
All right. So here's my thoughts. They're both going to do they're both projected for pretty similar things. Like they both have power. They don't really have much speed. They have like a good uh, a decent hit tool, but they may not hit for more than 240 or something this year because you know catchers just don't hit for very good averages, but their hit tools are okay. They're not like going to hit for a good average like say like an Adelaide Rustman or something. Like they have their main attraction is the power. And Henry Davis's power looks really amazing. And Bo Naylor's power looks great. Like, they both look like they have really solid power. So my thought is Henry Davis has been playing the field a lot in the minors. He's looked proficient enough in the outfield where I think the Pirates could actually play Henry Davis, you know, a decent amount uh, where not even behind the plate, they might even like they could DH him. They could play him in the outfield. You know, he might even get some uh, at bats at first or something. Like Henry Davis could play other positions, which is just going to help him with counting stats if nothing else. So I think I'm going Henry Davis over Bo Naylor for that reason and that reason alone, really, because I think they're probably going to be both very similar. They're both 23 years old. They're going to be, you know, super similar in projections. It's just Henry Davis could potentially play just a, a bit more. So I'm going Henry Davis. Uh, but that honestly is just like, you know, you're flipping a coin basically at, at, with both of them. Like they both, they both could be terrible. They both could be great. One could be good and one could be bad. Like you don't you don't know. As a rookie, like you just don't know how it's gonna play out. But for right now, right this second, I'm saying Henry Davis. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think Henry Davis is primarily going to play in the outfield. I don't think he's going to really have regular catching duties. So I'm with you that I'm going Henry Davis and on top of the reasons you said, there's more more plate appearances. It's, it, it's less wear and tear, but he doesn't have to learn the pitching staff. At least not to the the amount that Bo Naylor is going to need to learn the pitching staff. And so that's just a lot less time that he has to spend away from the hitting side because that's why catchers are so random. Is they just they don't get the same time hitting that that every other hitter. On, on the team does because they're out working with the pitchers. They have to be in different meetings. Like it, it's different for catchers. So uh, I'm completely with you that I'm going Henry Davis. Also, and it's about also that. think about just like logically think about them being in the dugout and a pitcher is like, you know, a pitcher wants to talk to him about how they're going to approach the next inning. They're not looking at the pitcher and preparing for their at bat. They're thinking about how to attack the other team's hitters. Right. You know, right. so it's just like, yeah, it's like little things like that that I think could potentially, you know, stop Bo Naylor from being as good as Henry Davis for at least this year. But, you know, it could work out either way. I, you know, in one league, I actually did grab Bo, Bo Naylor uh, over. I finally cut bait on Alejandro Kirk because that was a nightmare. Yeah, that's <laughs> so that did not go as. as oh my as god, planned. he's been so bad. I, you know, <laughs> like I, I really just like. I mean, never again, man. I, I, I don't even think he was. He must not have been like that high of a draft pick because I wouldn't have taken him if he were. Because I just don't believe in drafting catchers high, but. 
he I don't think he was going for that cheap either. So I don't know how I ended up with him. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I don't know. Somehow I got him on my team. I must have looked at like the uh, the war rooms value. Excuse me. I must have looked at the war rooms values, and he must have went for less than what it was saying he was worth. So I just I bid on him and I got him. But man, uh, he's been awful. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, been awful. Yeah. Oh God. Free so free for everybody. I'm not spending more than five dollars on the catcher in in L or AL only. So you can just pencil that in for me. I'm not doing it. And one of them will be a dollar. There will be yeah. one catcher that's a dollar. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> and that's yeah, that's usually my angle, but I guess he must have been like must I don't know, low. it must have been yeah, it must have been super low. Whereas like you know, like if someone's listed on the war room for like say I don't know fifteen sixteen dollars, and and it's at like nine, I I would I would still be in the bidding at that point, <laughs> but obviously that backfired with Alejandro Kirk. Um, I don't know, but I'm not, you know, Henry Davis though, it would be my, my go-to, but he wasn't available yet because he hadn't uh, yet debuted. So mm. yeah, Henry Davis would be my preferred one. Yeah. He, he's be, he'll be up next week. I think in all the NFBC leagues that he wasn't drafted in. So that'll be a, a bid for next week. What are you putting in? If you're, if you're looking for a catcher. Oh yeah. See, I, I Bo Naylor, I think it was like two dollars out of that's out of a hundred, uh, and I wouldn't bid more than like twenty out of a thousand. Like you know, in the in the twelve to seventeen dollar range, usually for catchers, unless you're really desperate. I mean, if you've lost like a uh, a catcher or something like if someone's hurt and you've been like scrambling, like I think in one league, you know, uh, I have, um, Connor Wong. <laughs> I don't even know how I got, Oh, Oh, I lost, uh, Logan O'Hop. Uh, so I've been kind of looking for a catcher in that, in that league. So maybe I'd bid, you know, 15 to $20, but yeah, I, I don't really, I mean, like you said, you don't bid on them when, you know, in the draft, I don't really, look that hard at like fab for them either it just happened to be that you know alejandro kirk was so awful and it's a 12 team mixed league and i really need a better catcher than <laughs> alejandro kirk so i was like i did two dollars on bow nails it's like yeah what the hell let's see what happens yeah yeah i i think i'd probably spend up to 30 maybe even 40 if i just have fab sitting around i don't in any of my leagues but if I just had to sit around, I wouldn't mind spending spending it on Davis again, just because I think he plays pretty regularly if he hits, and so there's a chance that he just kind of played appearances his way to a good season. And and oh yeah, yeah. and also happen. right, and also I think I mentioned this on the site, but also it's uh, worth saying that like with Henry Davis and uh, Bo Naylor. Like, well, I already mentioned that Bo Naylor was a service time thing. Henry Davis is obviously a service time thing, too. So, I mean, the fact that they called them up, the Guardians and the Pirates aren't going to, like, not play them. Like, they're going to play. So, like, as much as a catcher plays, like, you're, you know, like we're saying with Henry Davis, he could play more because he can play the field. But, like, Bo Naylor becomes, you know, the automatic you know, number one catcher there and the pirates will play Henry Davis. So like at bats won't be an issue. Like they're going to play. Yeah. 
Yeah, agreed. All right, another uh, call up here. Michael Bush was actually recalled by the Dodgers. Come back up. Uh, Muncie is going to the IL with a hamstring. I don't know if he's necessarily going to play regularly, but he is coming back up. It's possible Chris Taylor just kind of has an everyday position for a little while. Uh, but in 45 games in AAA, he has seven home runs, a stolen base, 39-38, and he's hitting 313, 428, and 540. Where's Michael Bush on this on the ad beater? Yeah, I mean, I'm not adding him anywhere. <laughs> I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even add him in NL only. I don't know. I mean, he's fine. I like you said, I don't think he's gonna play, so I, it's not really worth it to add him in any leagues if he's not playing. Um, except for NL only, where I mean, more than likely he's already rostered in NL only. Uh, I, you know, I, I would probably look at him as, you know, the best case scenario, I think, for him is the Dodgers make some sort of move and trade him to a place where he can actually play. So maybe in July, his uh, his like outlook will look better. But right now, I, I just don't think he's going to play. And even and that's even with the Muncie injury, he's not going to play. Like, I, whatever he did to, like, the Dodgers, they've really buried Mike Michael Bush. Like, he he looked like a, you know, a pretty interesting prospect at one point. And now he's, like, 25 and, you know, not even a young tw- – I mean, he's going to turn 26 in a few months. Uh, well, in November, but still, <laughs> I mean, he's more than halfway through 25. Uh, do people celebrate their half birthday? I do. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Michael Bush is like getting buried by the Dodgers. I, I don't know. I don't get why, but, you know, hopefully he gets traded somewhere where he can play. As of right now, I don't think he's worth anything in any in any league, really, except for maybe NL only where you're just like totally strapped for something. Yeah, I if you if you need something, then yeah, and, and then only he's always you can always use something. I I guess maybe the most obvious place he could get playing time would be if he platoons on which would be the strong side since he hits from the left side and like Miguel Vargas isn't hitting well. Uh Chris Taylor is just like the streakiest player in the world. Also uh, injury prone. Yeah. Uh, Miguel Rojas uh doesn't really need to ever swing a bat. So. Yeah, Miguel Rojas made a deal with the devil to get like 500 <laughs> at bats every year and not do anything else. <laughs> not not actually hit the ball. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind incredible. of amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, Michael Bush is like the Joe Adele of, of the opposite side of it the city. He totally is. Yeah, exactly. Even if, if Anaheim was actually in Los Angeles, that would make sense. <laughs> Maybe they just need to trade him. Maybe like They'll just trade them across the city, and they can be benched by the opposite side of the city. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. Yeah, I, I don't see the uh, the Dodgers like could probably use an arm. Um, like they don't really. Well, not that you know we're we're not playing Dodger GM right now. So anyway, long story short is Michael Bush doesn't have any uh, playing time. All right, move on. <laughs> All right. So we should have talked about this guy when we were talking about Bo Naylor and Henry Davis. We won't spend too much time on him. But he was called up a couple weeks ago. We didn't really talk about him because we, we don't really talk about catchers, generally speaking. But Patrick Bailey, since this is yeah. a catcher-centric uh, podcast, <laughs> he has he's hitting 304, 337, 532 with three home runs in 22 games 
for the Pirates. Are you... Where is Patrick Bailey on the Davis Naylor Patrick Bailey? Is he is he at the very bottom? Uh, yeah, he's third. Also, I think we didn't talk about him because I think we both figured that he was just going to be a temporary re- replacement for Joey Bart. And then I don't know whatever happened with Joey Bart. He's down he in the minors it. right now. <laughs> Did he get demoted? Yeah. Jeez. Man, he is really flamed out. Uh, yeah, I mean... I Patrick Bailey to me looks like like right now he's hitting over 300 but that's with an insane babbit. He doesn't walk at all. He strikes out a decent amount. He doesn't have any speed. He's got some power but not really even like great power. Yeah. I don't. I feel like Patrick Bailey is best case scenario a 12 homer, zero steal 230 hitter which you know it's pretty bad (laughs) it's not great (laughs) so i don't know i don't know how his glove is uh to be honest uh but you know that has nothing to do with fantasy anyway so i you know i don't know (coughs) i don't know i don't know if i'm really like i think patrick bailey isn't even uh like he's not even necessarily on my radar for like even outside of the Henry Davis, um, you know, uh, Bo Naylor, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, even outside of their call ups, like if you were to take Patrick Bailey and put him against, like, I don't know, Kaber Ruiz or something, and Patrick Bailey is still not on the radar. Like, I, you know, like if you were to go against like guys who are actually playing but not playing that well. <laughs> I would still, I, would, I still probably wouldn't pick Patrick Bailey. But if you were to say like Patrick Bailey in, uh, you know, an NL only league or like a fifteen team mixed league with two catchers, and you need, you know, you need a catcher, and you're like looking at like Patrick Bailey. I mentioned him earlier, like Connor Wong. It's like Patrick Bailey or Connor Wong. That's kind of what like that would be a toss up for me versus like. Like Henry Davis and Bo Naylor, I think, are actually kind of interesting. Where Patrick Bailey, I don't think is that interesting. Yeah, I I would tend to agree, except that I'm I'm actually starting Patrick Bailey and have been for the last <laughs> two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gone well actually these these <laughs> last two weeks, so I'm not disappointed yet. But I am going to be in on the bidding for for Henry Davis next week, and I might swap him out for Nick Fortes if if this like has any signs of of slowing down immediately. And that's not a great decision either. Nick Fortes isn't exactly somebody I'm loving, but he's been playing a little bit better. Uh, and I it, think actually I would, I would probably lean Nick Fortes to be honest. Yeah. Like, I think his play times, cl- but they're close. I mean, Bailey and Fortes is the kind of toss up that I would be looking at. Yeah. It, it's kind of a ride it while they're hot in, in right matchups. And then it's probably going to go bad real fast, but it's catcher. So, a lot of them are going to go bad fast, so you're kind of just in with everybody else. Yeah. Uh, Dyron Blanco, I have no idea if I said that right, so apologies to him if I did not. And Samad Taylor are called up for Kansas City. Uh, we don't normally talk about 30-year-old prospects, as, <laughs> as Blanco is, but here we are, Gray. Um, but he leads the league, <laughs> leads the minor leagues in stolen bases. In 49 games, he has 40, or 47 stolen bases. He's hitting 347, 444, and 451. Let's talk about Blanco first, and then we can talk about uh, Taylor afterwards. 
Yeah, I actually I grabbed Blanco in one league <laughs> because of uh, I mean that's so forty seven steals in forty nine games. Vroom, vroom, baby. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Sagnoff. Sagnoff, baby. Let's go. I'm, I'm in it. Let's do it. That's, that's crazy. And on top of that, the Royals seem like they're actually playing them. <laughs> At least they were last week. Now that Taylor's called up, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else to say about him, to be honest. <laughs> I think he's just a straight sign-off guy. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit. Like, if he can hit for, like, a, a 250 or better, that's kind of interesting. And that helps, at least. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that, though. Maybe. Maybe close. Maybe 235. Um, yeah, I think he's probably safer in OBP leagues. Yeah, I mean, he's got – right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's – actually, I mean, that's a good point. Like, he does get on base. It's not like, you know, the old saying of, like, you can't steal first. Like, he actually does walk. His, uh, you know, his walk rate in the minors, 10.6%. That's pretty good. It's actually really good. So, yeah, I mean, if he's able to, like – if he can figure out some sort of like niche role with the uh, the Royals, he makes more sense as a leadoff man than Nick Prado. I mean, I like Nick Prado. Don't get me wrong, but he's got no business like leading off. Like Blanco would make more sense there, um, and even maybe you know Taylor. Uh, go ahead. You want to uh, intro Taylor? Yeah, I mean the the Royals just love doing a flip flipped lineup where like the guys who should lead off are at the bottom and the guys who should like middle of the lineup. We're sitting one two. It, it's pretty awesome. Um, but Sabad Taylor is is twenty four. He's not a thirty old prospect. Uh, he, this year in AAA, he had uh, six home runs, thirty four stolen bases, fifty runs, thirty seven RBIs. He's hitting three hundred four, four hundred nine, four sixty three. He has a sub twenty percent K rate and a just over fourteen percent walk rate. And he's a guy he's walked like the last three years. Blanco's was kind of ticked up this year a little bit. Like Taylor's walked. Pretty much since he's got out of like low A ball, he's he's taken walks, and again he's a he's a younger prospect. He might have been a super two guy, like that might have been the the triggering for the the Royals to call him up. That might be why we saw Blanco a little bit before him. But regardless, we have Taylor. Where are you adding him more over Blanco? Yeah, I mean I think Taylor Taylor to me makes more sense for the Royals to go into like a future, you know, if they're looking to the future, Taylor makes more sense for them to play him because like, why would you play Blanc? Like Blanco to me feels like a pinch runner, you know, like a little bit. I I mean, the 47 steals in 49 games is really, it's really kind of fun, (laughs) but I mean, Taylor's speed isn't necessarily that much worse and he's actually young. So if you're looking to the future, wouldn't you go for Taylor over Blanco? Like that just seems like it makes more sense to me. So I I would think I'd probably lean Taylor. Uh, I mean, like I said already, like in uh, I think I got Blanco in a league. <laughs> I, I did. I, no one bid on him. I got Blanco for, you know, uh, $10 out of 1000 So that's like a, a dollar bid uh, in a 15-team mixed league. In 12-team mixed leagues, I'm not even looking at Blanco. Taylor, 
I would look at if he started doing something in a 12-team mixed league, that is. In a 15-team mixed league, I could see Taylor being, you know, actually very interesting, especially if he's playing. I don't know how the Royals are going to, you know, like, I don't know how the playing time is going to shake out necessarily because, like, they have, um, you know, Massey. At some point, Massey will return. I, you know, I don't think his injury is that bad from what I've heard. Uh, you know, like, he should, he's probably, like, a minimal stay on the IL. So he returns. Then Nicky Lopez gets the boot. So that still could potentially leave Taylor, but Blanc, what does Blanco do? Does Blanco not play at all? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it depends on playing time, but Taylor, potentially Taylor could get interesting for a 12-team mixed league, where Blanco, I don't think that's ever happening with. Like, I think Blanco is just going to be like, you know, you play him for a week, maybe you get three to four steals, and then, you know, you can drop them next week or something. Where Taylor could potentially have, like, you know, ramifications through all mixed leagues. Yeah. Blanco is, like, the fill-in guy on a short schedule day in daily leagues where you're just like, yeah. maybe I get a cheap stolen base. Just right. he gets in. Maybe I don't even have to have to get a plate appearance. I don't have to get that. Um, and and Taylor, you're right. Like, he could, he could just take over left field. It could be his... I guess Blanco could maybe platoon with Drew Waters. Neither of them are really great hitters. I assume Blanco can at least cover some some distance with his speed. He may not quite have Drew Waters, you know, coverage. That's that's why he Drew Waters plays. He's he's just a great fielding center fielder. But maybe Blanco gets some time and a little split there. But it, it's going to be the wrong side probably. So still not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I was just looking, too, at, like, the bids on uh, Samad Taylor. Samad Taylor did go for more than Blanco in my in my fab leagues. Uh, he went uh, – Samad Taylor went for 47, and uh, Blanco went for 33 to one person. And then, like I mentioned, he went for uh, 10 to me in this other league where Samad Taylor, I think, went for 50 in that other league. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, Samad Taylor, obviously, more interesting and could have staying time and, and, and playing time and could be actually very good where Blanco is just, you know, maybe you get a couple steals. Yeah, and for whatever it's worth, it's, it's two games, but uh, Samad hasn't struck out yet, and he, he already has, uh, I think, a couple of walks. So <laughs> at least for what it's worth, like he has his two walks, no strikeouts. That's, that's a good start. Yeah. All right, some non-prospect stuff. Since you said you liked Spencer Strider, he's just he's gone in the tank. I, I completely blame you. Uh, last two starts, he has thirteen earned runs, fourteen Ks over those thir- over nine innings with four walks in that period at Detroit and versus the Mets. Not exactly <laughs> the powerhouses there. And I mean, not not that we've been complaining about him because he's been great up until these last two, but he hasn't had a like an unearned run outing since April twenty fourth. Doesn't really matter what the K is that he gives you, but is is Spencer Strider broken? Is he broken away? <laughs> uh, no, with the stick. No, I don't think he's broken. I think he's just. Uh, I think he was just probably mislocating. You know, and it, it shows like he has. His homer per nine 
is up and his walks are up a little bit. So he's probably just locating uh, badly with with a pitch. Uh, I don't know which pitch. I don't have I don't have all his numbers in front of me, but I'm sure what it's going to look like is he's just not locating with a, a pitch or two. And, you know, if you're not locating out of the zone, you can also not locate in the zone. And if you're, you know, you leave it over the heart of the plate, even if you are Spencer Strider, some guys are going to hit it. So, yeah, I think he's fine, though. I, you know, it, it doesn't look like anything. Like, I did look at, like, you know, his, his velocity is down a little bit, but he's still throwing 97. You know, I I don't see any real big concerns. His strikeouts are actually up uh, to 14.5K per nine uh, versus 13.8 last year. I mean, it looks good. It's just... You know, he probably he probably just got gave up a couple homers in a bad situation. So yeah, I would I would be buying if anything. I I don't I'm not really concerned. Yeah, the the slight drop in velocity has me wondering if they might give him a you know a phantom IL stint. The Braves have you know bigger plans than just getting to the playoffs. Maybe they just let him rest up his arm again. He's still a young guy. He throws the ball so damn hard. I, I think. Maybe he just needs a little bit of time. He's he's at seventy eight innings. He threw hundred and thirty one last year, so you know he's about about half a little over halfway of probably where where they'd like him to get to this year. Uh, they could give him a, a stretch or two, or give him a six man rotation for a couple times through. Yeah, or maybe you know skip him going into the All Star break, and that gives him like you know ten days to two weeks off or something. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah could, they could definitely it, find some time for him to. I I will say that like now when you were talking, I was looking at his velocities and uh, it looks like his fastball velocity was higher to start the year and is it has come down, you know, almost almost two about one and a half miles per hour. So yeah, I mean that's a little bit concerning. I mean he is maybe potentially he's coming off of like a big season last year where he, uh, you know, he probably he's, he's throwing a lot of innings that he wasn't necessarily throwing, you know, in previous seasons, you know, last year was a big year, a lot of innings last year, this year is going, you know, if he stays in the rotation all year, it's going to be a ton of innings. And then you think about like the playoffs, so, yeah, a fan of my Elston probably wouldn't be the worst thing for him. Maybe an IL stint in July, so then he has the all-star break and an IL stint, and he gets, you know, two and a half weeks off. Potentially, I don't know. I mean, just, you know, it's just all conjecture, but it, it looks like he could be a little bit tired. Yeah. Would you potentially be trading him away or trading for him? I would be buying him for okay. sure. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the price, obviously. Like, whenever, you know, whenever anything is discussed in a trade, it's always about what the actual, you know, the price is that you're paying. But in, you know, in a vacuum, I would take Strider as a buy uh, versus a sell. But, you know, if someone were to say to me, like, uh, I'll give you Acuna for Strider. I would take Acuna. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, like it depends. On, it depends on what the trade is, obviously. But in more more than likely scenario, it's going to be like you know, a, a re- rejuvenated Michael Harris the second 
uh, or Strider, uh, I'm still taking Strider. Like I, I, you know, I never thought I never thought Michael Harris II was going to be, you know, terrible to the point where he was. But I also am still, you know, not convinced he's yeah. like, you know, a huge. 30 30 guy or something like i i still think there's a ceiling for harris where strider i mean i don't i don't have the uh strikeout numbers in front of me but i'm guessing he has the most he has the highest k per nine probably in the league right i mean his k per nine is insane <laughs> i mean yeah, so, it's, it's gotta it, be him yeah i mean it's gotta be like he's got a 14.5 k per nine that's nuts i you know like if you have a fourteen point nine, or four, excuse me, a fourteen point five K per nine, like you can get away with like a five walk rate and still be good. <laughs> like you, you don't like you know. But yeah, he has the best K per nine by two strikeouts per nine, like above Hunter Green. Hunter Green's number two at twelve point three. Like that's crazy. Like so, Strider's still. I mean, to me. Strider is like pound for pound, like the best pitcher in baseball, if not best. He's top three, like you know, just stuff. And after stuff, you know, else is like there's luck involved in ERA and WHIP, like you know, I just you know, you throw out everything else and you just look at K per nine, and Spencer Strider is far and away better than everyone else by a lot. Yeah, he's just, he's been great up until this little stretch. You know, the seasonal numbers took a little bit of hit across that one. But again, he's he's been great. I I think there is going to be kind of either an IL or a six-man around the All-Star break. Give him some time off. Just just to let 383 with four home runs, two stolen. Get into the bottom of the lineup, though. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still saying buy. You probably can't buy him quite as low as you could have you know, two weeks ago, but I still think, you know, his owner might potentially let him go. Um, especially if that person maybe bought low at the right time. Person and, and happens to be me. <laughs> well, you would have him. You wouldn't have had <laughs> him. You wouldn't have right. traded I for him. I wouldn't have him. It's, so I wouldn't be able to trade him away. <laughs> yes. That's I would, exactly I would right. actually, uh, galaxy braining. I would trade for him just to trade him away. <laughs> just, just to <laughs> teach him a lesson. You know, I on the uh, seven day player radar, he's actually number two behind Otani, uh, and uh, Eddie Rosario is number three. <laughs> Eddie Rosario is having a great month of June. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, with Michael Harris the second, I you know, I I just have like I have issues with his <laughs> approach, <laughs> as I've mentioned many times before. The the more the more the fantasy aspect is like the hitting the hitting ninth, ha, you know there's some there's some problems there, as I just said with like he was number two on the seven day player raider. So hitting ninth doesn't kill all value. Like there's still potential, you know, for some value there. Um, but like I still think he's like, you know, he's like a he's a twenty twenty. 260 hitter which is fine which is good i mean that's not terrible but there's you know there's some definitely there's room for slumps as we saw in the first like two months of the season like you know his approach 
is it's slump prone his approach unfortunately because like you know he does hit like a lot of grounders he hits the ball into the ground he hits he he could he could potentially get like you know uh, hit into a, like a bad babbit like and if he hits into a bad babbit as we saw whoa hey who's speeding on my what, what's going on i'm uh, i'm you know how old I am? I'm running down the street yelling at cars old. <laughs> <laughs> Getting license plates of speeders. Hey, man, slow down. There's kids here. Not my kids necessarily, but there's kids. Uh, anyway, Michael Harris is like, you know, he could potentially slump as we saw. So that's my biggest concern with Michael Harris. Like he is, but he is like, Luck neutral, he is a 2020 260-ish hitter. So that's got value. Like, there's something to that. It's just, like, you got to be ready for, like, when, you know, the April and May of him comes along and he is, like, you know, hitting 175 for a month and you're like, oh, wow, uh, should I drop him? <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, I just want to point out that he was also, you know, injury over that period. So, oh, I, yeah. So there's, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a reason that might happen. <laughs> but he does have a. I mean, come on, you got to admit his launch angle isn't exactly set up for home runs. It's, uh, it, it's still better than uh, your boy Boba Shet. <laughs> Boba Shet, no, whose launch angle is lower than Christian Yelich no. okay, right no, now. We cannot go down the Boba Shet. No, we can. Yeah, we can. No, we we can always go down the Boba Shet line. We can always do it, Greg. No, we, we can always do it. No, we cannot. No, we can't. We cannot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, then, if we're not going down the Boba Shet line, and we already talked about Eddie Rosario's crazy performance and how you ignored my boy Donkey Teeth. <laughs> And told him that Eddie Rosario's trash. You don't need him on your roster. You need to pick up who was it? What what useless player did you pick oh, up instead of Eddie Rosario? <laughs> I you know, I wanna say I, I wanna say it was someone as useless as like uh JJ Bladet. <laughs> but I mean honestly that would probably that's a lie because I've had uh, oh I see uh Actually, I'm looking at my team right now. I see Lance Lynn just got put on the bereavement list. He's uh, he's going to the funeral for my fantasy teams <laughs> because of what he did to them. <laughs> and then you sat him last week, and right? I sat him. Yeah, I sat him for his yeah. uh, 16 strikeout game. That was <laughs> that was fun. You know, like honestly, if you're gonna be terrible, <laughs> be terrible. But if you're going to be good, be good. Just don't be good and then terrible and then good and then terrible and then good. Because <laughs> that's maddening, bro. Like, that's that's where I have a problem. When you're not when you're not going to do the same thing. If you're just going to be awful, then I'm like, you know what? He's just not good. That's fine. But if he's not good and then he comes back and he throws 16Ks, I'm like, come on, man. Come on. See, that's just being mean. <laughs> Throw me a freaking bone here. <laughs> Come on, Lance Lynn. Just just the worst. Uh, oh man. We're, when we look back at like his season and he's gonna have like the same line as ever. I'm gonna go back through and remind everybody like you sat him for 16Ks. You sat him for 10Ks. You definitely sat him for like the, the other 7K, like no earned run spots. Like you didn't yeah. start him for any of these. 
Don't don't be giving me his overall no. numbers. No, I you know like <laughs> honestly, uh, Lance Lynn's actually not a bad guy to discuss for briefly because like his strikeouts are not bad. Like he's got a, a t- right now he has a uh, a ten point nine K per nine, and his his walk rate is just out of control, terrible. And well, for him at least, it's three point five. Like old Lance Lynn with the Cardinals. Yeah, kind of. yeah, it's like. Lance Lynn, when he would have like a, a four point seven seven ERA, uh, like just not just not a good walk rate, and I mean that because he's shown he can have a, a better command. Like it's sort of like why I was back in on Charlie Morton this year. Like a guy like you know a guy who has good command, who or at least has shown he has good command, can get better. Like Lance Lynn shouldn't be this bad like he really shouldn't i'm not you know i'm not just saying that because he just had a 16k strikeout game <laughs> I, I would love to be able to dismiss lance lynn forever from my life <laughs> but he really isn't like if you look at like his peripherals he's not really this bad but you know he was he was very bad for for many months and i think even like even a, in a good scenario, like best case scenario, he's still, especially at this point, because his ERA is so awful that he would need to be so good for the rest of the year for it to fix itself. But I still think he's probably like an over four ERA guy. So, you know, like in most leagues, that's not, I mean, that's not great. You know, like in a, a 12 team mixed league, you can stream that probably and do better. Uh, so, but in a 15 team mixed league or deeper, I mean, like I, I still have Lance Lynn on my teams and, you know, a bunch of <laughs> leagues. I, it's like, you can't, I, I had him on the bench for a 16 K strikeout game. And now I'm moving him into my lineups and I, I'm sure his next game's going to be awful. <laughs> I just know it will be. It's just the way it goes. So, you know, it is what it is at this point, but yeah, I, his next game is supposedly against the Red Sox in uh, in Chicago. So you know, hope. Yeah, we'll see how that goes, and then we'll we'll complain next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to the bullpens, Gray. Um, Alex Lang has been struggling. They're kind of moving to a, this committee. Are you interested in, in anybody in in this committee, or, or is this a deep league if you're really chasing situation uh you know i think foley has looked pretty good like i don't i don't necessarily know you know if they go to a if they go to a committee then it's just bad like a committee would just not be good uh but if they go to foley then that you know then then that's worth you know potentially picking up and going with that like i i think like his numbers, like he's got really good command, and you know, good command can go a long way. Lang has looked pretty bad, so and and Foley got the last uh, save, you know, on Sunday. I don't know, you know, it depends on what people listen to this, but you know, Foley may already have, have blown the next uh, opportunity. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, Foley, as of right this second, I would grab Foley. I, I don't necessarily think, like, he's going to be, you know, great. Like, he doesn't have, like, huge strikeouts. He's uh, he's a good command guy. He's got, like, you know, he's basically, like, 
a two a two to three pitch pitcher. Like he's got he's got a, a hard fastball at ninety seven, but he's really like slider change. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean he looks like if he can potentially put together because he got the last save as of the recording of this. If he can get the if he can get the next like save or two. I could see him being the closer for the rest of the season. Then again, by this time next week, he may not be the closer at all. So I don't know. But, <laughs> but he's worth looking at. I, I, I kind of like Foley. I'm interested. Okay, so grab him if you're, if you're chasing some saves and you're looking to kind of speculate on you know, who might be taking over situations. That's always what we're looking for. Uh, Ryan Helsley has the, the injury. He's going to the IL. It's been it's been Jordan Hicks, not Gio Gallegos, like uh, we had kind of speculated since he seemed like he was getting the extra, you know, the day off saves and used in the high leverage areas. But Jordan Hicks has come in and gotten two saves, Gray. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I grabbed Hicks in all the leagues where I could. I think I think Hicks is probably a time bomb waiting to happen. But for right now, I mean, he does. You know, uh, he has put together back-to-back saves. So, you know, and nothing else really <laughs> nothing else really matters. <laughs> as, nihili- <laughs> as nihilistic as that sounds. I mean, n- nothing matters if a guy's getting saves. And Hicks got the last two. So, yeah, I would go Hicks. Yeah, another another Sagnoff situation. Although I will say for, for whatever it's worth, since May – Started Hicks is throwing a two eight four ERA, so I mean he's been he's been significantly better that the first month of the season he was he was absolutely horrendous, but the Cardinals bullpen has kind of turned itself around and then Helsley got injured as soon as as soon as that happened, but it, it seems like they're going for Hicks for now. I I still don't know that I'm dropping Gallegos if you're in a you know a a speculating situation because if Hicks reverts back to what he was doing at the beginning of the season, all of a sudden. I don't think they hesitate to move Gallegos. Right. Back. Yeah, no, completely. I think if you need saves, you're holding Gallegos for now because, like, if Hicks blows the next game, Gallegos is the closer again. Yeah. I think it's a very fluid situation. Um, Edbert Alzale seems to be in a, in a committee or maybe taking the job away from Al Ladder Jr. in Chicago. Is this a... Are you interested in Alzale at all, or is this another kind of, you know, if we're chasing only type of scenario? Yeah, I think if you're if you're really desperate, I could see grabbing him. the The one good thing is with Alzale, he's been really good even outside of saves. Uh, he's got a one point nine seven ERA as of the recording of this. Uh, he's got you know decent K's. He's commanding his pitches. He looks good. I think it's desperate because I just don't see him getting like right now he has four saves. I'd be surprised if he got to 12 saves on the year. I, I just don't see, I don't see him getting a ton of saves. Like I think, you know, uh, David Ross has been using, he uses them all over the place. He uses lighter sometimes as the closer. I just don't think there's really going to be a closer there. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think Alzale is, you know, the one you'll roster if you're going to roster one of them. Again, as you mentioned, his numbers are good. He's the only closer when he comes in, or the only reliever that comes in for the Cubs that I, I don't immediately grab a vomit bag for. So, you know, it, 
He's 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 the one you want to roster. Has has Leiter been bad? Because his his numbers look pretty good. Uh, he's definitely had his own. He's definitely had some struggles. Um, I don't know. I just he just doesn't. And I said Al. I meant I meant Mark. I don't know. I'm just mixing up my lighters here. Um, <laughs> it just hasn't out? looked. <laughs> he has just hasn't looked good. He's given up like hits. He's walking people it's like the uh, um, like the Marx Brothers. It's uh, Al, Mark, and Zippo, all, all different lighters. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, that's perfectly fine. No, it's just it's just kind of watching them. Um, I've just noticed lighters. I mean, he's he's not very great. So I, I think there's a potential that they're they they make a swap at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I. I think it's probably just going to be a committee for the rest of the year because the Cubs aren't really doing anything. Yeah, and if they can potentially sell one of them or absolutely, you know, yeah. yeah. If they could, yeah, if they could trade one, then they're gonna. I mean, I don't know if they will. If they were smart, they would. So we'll see. I don't know. Well, then they're probably not. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> moving over to Arizona, uh, Andrew Chafin has been not not very good for a couple of weeks here. Scott McHugh has actually entered back into the conversation, and him and Miguel Castro both got saves this week for Arizona. Chafin did not. So are we are we adjusting how we're approaching the Arizona closer, or are you just ignoring and avoiding this situation as much as possible? Yeah, I mean, I would like to avoid it if I could. So if you have enough saves, it's not worth, like, wading into that mess. But if you need saves, I'd probably go McHugh right now. Uh, I'd probably say McHugh, Chafin, Castro. But it could be McHugh, Castro, Chafin. I think, you know, I think Chafin and Castro, though, are kind of like... 2A and 2B, and McHugh is 1A, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, moving over to Tampa Bay, Pete Fairbanks came back from the IL. He got his two save quota and two opportunities since returning. Uh, do you trust the Rays to let Fairbanks close, or would you potentially look at selling high on Fairbanks because the Rays will never let him close? Mm, no, I think I think Fairbanks is going to be good, and he's he's good even if he's not getting saved. So I have no problem rostering him. I think I think he's probably you know the Rays will win a bunch of games. Fairbanks will get his uh, fair chance at saves. I think I think he's fine. I, I have no problem uh, going with Fairbanks. Okay. I have him in a lot of teams. I've just been uh, – he's literally gotten two saves a month. Like that's how he, it's worked for him every month so far. So I'm just hoping they, they let him stay in that role. Maybe just saying it out loud on the podcast so that it's it's out there and maybe they'll hear me. Okay. Maybe maybe somebody will hear me. Um, I'm sure they the, will. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually – I didn't realize that – I don't know. He's got seven saves on the year. Wow okay. is wow is his K per nine down. I hadn't really looked at Fairbanks. I think he is the closer though. But oh my god, he's only he only has eleven strikeouts on the year. <laughs> what when did he become a pitch to contact guy? Wow. I really did not I I I don't have Fairbanks, so I really had no idea how terrible his peripherals were. 
outside of ERA, obviously. He has a 1.35 ERA, so, I mean, he's doing fine, but wow, his Ks and walks are terrible. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the Ks have not been there. Wow. As a Fairbanks wonder, owner in a couple of years. Huh. I don't know. It's it's possible. It seems like the Rays and, and pitcher injuries just kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Recently, um, the Nationals committee, this might be worse than the Cubs committee. <laughs> Finnegan, Harvey, Carl, Carl's Jr. I, I, this is one I, I think I'm avoiding, and I'm I'm save desperate in a few leagues. I, I really don't want any of these guys. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that. I think outside of NL only, you're not really getting anything here that other than like a headache. Yeah, and it, it is going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, one of them or all of them is going to hurt, and it'll probably be in a non-safe situation just to to, to rub it in a little bit more. <laughs> um, in Minnesota, Griffin Jacks got a save this week. It's been a month since he's allowed an earned run. Do you think that maybe he's he's kind of jumping in with with Duran? And I mean, Stewart gets one every now and then as well. But do you think he's entering the conversation of of Minnesota's weird bullpen closer? committee thing um you know baldelli likes to mix and match so it wouldn't shock me to see jacks get a few more saves here and there but i think duran is the closer and stewart is the uh setup guy so jacks is third for saves there but i could see him getting a handful not uh, like over the course of the season that is so like not necessarily having you know zero chance of getting another save, but I think he's behind two other guys. Okay, sounds good. So it, it's really just a you know if in those very very deep leagues where every backup is owned, then maybe Griffin Jacks gets picked up. Otherwise, you're you're pretty much on you know Duran or, or maybe Stewart. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I I think Jacks is probably like there's. You know, there's AL only where he's probably rostered. And then there's mm-hmm. leagues like uh, a 12-team, like an RCL, like a 12-team mixed league, but you, but it's daily. And I could see churning Jacks in and out of like a RCL team's lineup just because he's been good for, you know, so long. And he, he could potentially maybe grab a save here and there. So I could see... Jack's potentially being interesting in like a daily league and in a very deep league. Yeah. Agreed. All right, great. Let's talk about some more, some more interesting people to, to look at in our pickups. Okay. Uh, so Christian and Carcion strand, whatever happened with that? <laughs> <laughs> He's the one person still left in the Reds minors, Gray. And so I'm sure the one who was coming up first. You know, I'm sure he probably feels the same way. He's like he's at the lunch table and like all his buddies are like graduated. <laughs> he's like he's like the kid who stayed behind in high school and all his friends went on to college. <laughs> Christian Carcion Strand is Matthew McConaughey. Uh, yeah, I think also Leody Tavares has been really hot. He's been good. I actually dropped him in one league, and I, I immediately regretted it. <laughs> it was dumb. Uh, Eddie Rosario, who we've mentioned earlier, has been, like, amazing and probably should be rostered in every league as of right now. Um, you know, and then there's, like, guys like Ryan O'Hearn, who has – he's been hot, 
he's not going to stay hot, but he's been hot, you know, coming into today at least. Uh, Matt Verling has been really good. He's been hot. He, I think he had a little bit of a back issue, but, you know, if he's okay, he's been good. Uh, Andy Abanez, same team, Tigers. The Tigers looked pretty good the last couple weeks, so they were hot. Um, Mike Tuckman, for whatever reason, is hitting leadoff. I don't, e- I don't I even know. Yeah, I don't, don't even start. I don't. I have no clue what's going on there. Uh, Donovan Solano has been hot, uh, and Mike Ford, a random little name there for you. He's been hot. Uh, let's see, and uh, Brandon Crawford is high up on the seven day player raider, and I didn't realize he was hot, but it looks like he mm-hmm. has been. He has been. He's been. He's been hitting the ball, every, you know, just tearing the cover off. Yeah. Uh, on the pitcher side, if you have IL slots and you just you have them open, Tariq Skubal and Matt Manning are finishing up rehabs. It seems like uh, Skubal's maybe a little bit ahead, so they're looking at at least one more start for each of them, maybe two more or three more starts for Manning, but they're both on their way back. Uh, as far as starts for this week, Dean Kramer versus Seattle. I'm just going to keep saying Dean Kramer until his roster percentage goes up a little bit because <laughs> it doesn't. It just stays very low. Uh, Julio Tehran, of all people, versus Arizona. He's been good this year. Uh, you can start the J.P. Sears, Paul Blackburn, Orioles at Cleveland. I think that you know. I think that's fairly safe. Cleveland's not exactly scary. Right now, and they've both been good recently. Uh, Tanner Bibby versus Milwaukee. Rich Hill versus the Cubs. Uh, Chris Bassett has had a couple of tough outings recently, but look for him to get back on track versus Oakland, although Oakland's been not completely awful, at least, the last couple of weeks. And uh, Dre Jameson has been good in the pen, so if you're kind of speculating in deeper leagues, I think you could look at Dre Jameson. He's going to give you good numbers when he, while he's in the pen, and I think... He could be moving to a starter sooner rather than later because, well, the rotation is awful there. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> All right. If you have any other questions, you want looking at any other pickups, trades, whatever it might be, come find us. I'm on Twitter at RazBeatOn. Gray is the owner of the at RazBall account. Rate, review us, comment wherever you get your podcast. Go on YouTube.com slash RazBallFantasy. And watch us. If nothing else, go watch the opening. I feel like Gray's the most animated during the opening, and there's always something you kind of kind of need to see in person right <laughs> off the bat for the show. So go check that out. Uh, again, we'll we'll answer comments out there as well. Until next week, Gray. Talk to you later. All right, lates. <laughs>